My name is Dulce Valencia and welcome to Telenovelas con Dulce, a podcast where every week I invite special guests to break down the telenovelas we love. From the music to the cast to the unforgettable plot twist. Every slap, every imbecile, every secret twin. I have got you covered. Bienvenidos and welcome to the last episode of Caer in Tentacion. My name is Dulce Valencia. You are listening to Telenovelas con Dulce, the podcast where we watch and recap telenovelas for you. Here is Kimberly Michelle Padilla Estrada. Y'all, mm. mm. raise your hand if you have been personally victimized by Caer in Tentacion. We raised our hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Y'all, we're here to talk about the finale. If you're listening to this, hopefully you listened to our last episode. I'm sorry, it was a little bit messy, but so much happens. And y'all, I'm thinking that I'm gonna, maybe not today, not today, obviously. Maybe not this month, but maybe next month we'll do a Caer in Tentacion Revisited, where we'll just rant about everything we weren't able to fit into the podcast because it's so much... And it's just maybe because I don't I don't even think with this episode we'll be able to process a finale. I just have to say, like, I almost don't remember driving home that night, Dulce. After the finale, I was left so numb. I still feel numb. And I don't know if it's regular depression or if Guy and Tentacion really fucked me up that bad or both. I feel like it's both. So I'm gonna play you all an audio clip because Kim and I did binge watch Garen Tentacion together and we finished the finale together. And I'm gonna play you all a sneak peek. No! 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 Obviously, I was in a state of denial. I don't know what comes after that in the grieving process, but I'm still going through it. Yo, so Kim was the one screaming no, and I was the one laughing maniacally. Y'all, that finale, so... Okay, you know what? We're just gonna get into it. And I guess for the portion of this, I think I want to resolve the Fede storyline so then we can just focus on the night of the accident. Okay. All right. So last we left off, our poor baby's boy, Fede, had been kidnapped by narcos. Like, it's almost like if a baby duckling somehow wandered into like, I don't know if it's called a nest of a pack of wolves. Like, what is the baby duckling? doing there but the thing is and i will add this is fede over the last few episodes and we didn't get a chance to talk about it really in our last episode but fede has been evolving and i love fede's character arc he goes from a very sweet loving young boy to he's willing to do anything and everything possible to protect his family and sometimes it's going to be misguided but it's all coming from a place where he feels responsible and 
None of these characters really know how to take responsibility, but Fede at his young age does. And I appreciate that so much for him and as a character. Just oof, oof. All I see is a baby duckling putting on a suit that's too big for him to go be the CEO of Linguini. <laughs> like, by the way, Linguini is... Linguini is the name of the empresa. <laughs> but see, but then that baby duckling grows into a swan that fits a suit. And we see that. Do we not? I don't know. I think it's because I'm always going to see him as a baby. Because he's my son. I guess. All right. So Fede is kidnapped by Narcos. And it turns out that Azucena, before she was brutally killed by Andres, she sent the papers to Rueda. Rueda is Miriam's lawyer, who then contacts Alina and is like, I am leaving the country. I have been involved with these shady dealings by being their lawyer. And I know that this is going to catch up to us, but I need to leave. And Alina hears this file, like do with it what you can. And Alina is basically like, I'm going to do what you taught me, which is go to the highest bidder. And that is when she goes to Santiago and basically she wants sex from him. She wants love. Santiago says no. And so Alina says, thank you very much. You have just made this horrible mistake that I hope you don't regret. But basically, she's blaming him for what she's about to do. And what she's about to do is she's going to negotiate with the narcos and be like, hey, I have these papers that incriminate you. I will give them to you in exchange for money. And can I just say, as soon as she was like, you fucked up. And she was in her car. She was like, you fucked up. You're going to rue the day. Call back to iCarly. Watch your back. He was like, and Santi's so cute and everything he does. He's like, what are you talking about? And she drives away and he's like, wait, what the fuck is she talking about? And he's like, I'm not just going to let her say she's going to ruin my life and then go like leave. So he starts following her in his little, little Jeep. In his little red Jeep. And shout out to him. Because remember, we said Santi is not the smartest little cookie. But he has a sense to follow her. Meanwhile, Cynthia's calling. Cynthia, Raquel's sister, is calling Godoy, the, the cop. And is like, this scene pissed me off. Because we Kim and I were so stressed watching this. And basically, Jovita gets a call, or no, Jovita gets, sees Fede, and Fede's like, like, you need to do this, I need to leave, like, Andres is after me, and Jovita's like, oh, like, Fede is gone, and she's like, no sé, like, no lo entendí, and it's like, what do you not understand? He's saying that he has to leave because Andres is after him. Wait, no, because who calls Jovita? Medium. That was so, that was, that was what was. stressed that us was, out. Yes, because medium. But then also in, Fede comes in. But yes, continue. Because medium calls. So at this point, Andres kills Azucena and is out looking for Fede. Goes to Medium's house. Like, are you hiding Fede? And she's like, No. He brutally hits his aunt on the back of the head. If it was any lower. I've been reading a book about the human brain, so I know that if it was any lower, she would have been dead for sure. But think, or I guess, whatever, she's not dead. And so she calls over to Raquel's home, Jovita answers, and she goes into this long-winded speech of Andres, and he's not right, and Fid, and like, we're like, just, just say it, say Andres is trying to kill Fede. Like, and she wouldn't. And she she just wouldn't say the words. And so Jovita was confused and was like, Miriam was like saying something, Andres, looking for Fede, might be in danger? Question mark? And we're like, oh my god. But 
But then also when Fede comes and he's running away and Jovita sees that. And then so Cynthia's calling Godoy and she also is like, I don't know, but I think Fede might be in trouble. All these people are like putting question marks behind your sentences. And it's like, our son is in danger. I literally had to get up and do stretches because I was so stressed. And so I'm getting stressed just recounting this experience. PTSD, I couldn't even remember who called Jovita. I know. Um, so then all these all these character storylines, they all combine and join together. So Godoy, in his dismissive way, is like, okay, Cynthia, like, I can't do anything about that because of reasons. And I remember Kim was like, oh, insensitive. But I was like, no, police mentality. You don't freak out the person. I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm giving Dulce a death stare right now because I'm like, you don't, you don't have to be dismissive in order to not freak someone out. You can also choose to be comforting he don't want godoy as a character does not have time for that but okay so then no 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 no. so then poor baby fede is kidnapped with andres they're both kidnapped at this point and andres actually is trying to do the right thing and he's like let him go he has nothing to do with this just let him go and i'm like okay you were about to kill him like 30 minutes ago but i'll respect it if you let fede go because fede needs to live i don't think he would have actually killed fede because he only right. he only brutally hit his aunt. And I think he definitely has more affection towards Fede. Right, right. That's true. That's a good point. But still, you know. So then, God. So then Alina's driving to the meetup. Santiago is following Alina. And then Cynthia calls Santiago and is like, you need to call Godoy because he wasn't really receptive to me. But we see that Godoy actually was and he is on his way and he's driving around with a squad of, of cops. And so Santiago does call Godoy and Godoy is like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm following Alina. <laughs> and basically they realize that Alina holds the key to the place. So he's like, keep following her. Let us know where you guys are at. We're on our way. And so Alina shows up. She gets her money. She turns to Fede and is like, I want you to know that this is all Santiago's fault. And so as she turns around, the police show up and there's a shootout between the narcos and the police. And meanwhile, Santiago has arrived too. And guess what he does? (laughs) A man. A dad. He runs through the bullets, through the line of fire, so that he can get to Fede. And once he gets to Fede, he literally shields Fede with his own body. No protection whatsoever. Shields Fede. A dad. And that's something that I've also really loved about, again, just my favorites, Santiago and Raquel, is that Raquel has this really special bond with Lola and has been there for her like a mother. Lola even says, like, she sees her as a second mother. And Santiago, like, obviously, (laughs) Mia's kind of cold and hard to get to, but he still loves them as as if they were his own children. Mm -hmm. So Fede is rescued, thank God, in the first few minutes of the episode, too, thank God. And Alina is arrested, and Andres is killed. Rest in peace, Andres. First of the deaths we're going to see in this episode. So then flashing sideways to Santiago Carolina. Carolina, rest in peace, girl. (laughs) Flashing sideways to Santiago Damian and Raquel, they're all at the delegation, delegación, because Damian is giving his statement, but the police can't really get anything out of him. So they bring forth 
Vicente, Carolina's brother. And they're like, okay, let's see if you guys together, we can make a story out of this because y'all both have plot holes. So let's just do a reminder of what we know so far. So we know that the night of Carolina's death, the night of the accident, Damian and Carolina were going to go on a trip basically to the United States. They were gonna They were gonna s- run away. Yeah, they were gonna set a foundation for their life. And then they were planning on coming back and basically asking their families to, you know, consider still be letting them be a part of their lives and like basically confessing everything, la di da. But before they did this, they wanted to make sure that they had Vicente off their back for good because the whole time he was extorting them. So Damian had a large sum of money pulled out of the bank by Azucena. She then puts the money in his car, in a maleta, and Andres, he's like the accountant of the business, so obviously he's going to find out that a large sum of money was taken out, follows Azucena, takes the maleta full of money, takes out the money, and replaces it with paper. So then Damian has to do a quick switch of cars because his car breaks down, but takes the maleta that he thought was full of money. So... When they're driving on the road, we also know that two shady characters from from the pueblo where Vicente lived, they found out that, you know, Vicente was expecting a large sum of money, so they decided to rob them before Vicente got to them. They were the ones who threw the rock that then caused the car crash. What else do we know at this point? Um, And then we also know that Vicente struggled with Carolina because he grew angry and he was he was drunk. So he grew erratic at Carolina and Damian not having the money. So he attacked both of them. And while he was fighting with Carolina, that's when Carolina gets shot. And that whole thing basically knocks Vicente off his feet and he falls down. And when he comes back up... He sees Carolina dead and Damian over her. So in Vicente's mind, Damian killed Carolina. What Vicente doesn't know that the the shady characters that were responsible for the accident know is that a third car arrived to the scene. And then I also just want to mention that Vicente is the reason why Damian is in a coma. Because so first he sees the car accident, runs up to get his shuffle to supposedly help them out, but really is just looking for the money. And so the shovel is there. And when he sees Damian with Carolina, that's when he takes the shovel and strikes Damian on the back of the head, which leaves him in the coma. So yeah, so once Carolina is dead, that's when the whole Vicente thing happens with Damian. So and then Vicente is the one that buries Carolina because he's trying to like respect her honor her whatever it's all murky but that's what we know so far and actually that's that's what we know that's what's pieced together mm-hmm. when vicente and and damian are in the interrogation room yeah so when they're in the interrogation room what they're trying to figure out as you were about to get into is who was in this third vehicle and did whoever was in the third vehicle were they actually a part of the altercation right okay great so vicente is like no it was damian like Damian was a thing, but he did, he does remember that something he noticed that he thought was strange was that Damian said, shoot. So that was strange. So it implying that there was a third person, but he's like, but when I came up, there wasn't a third person. It was just Damian over Carolina's dead body. But then, as we mentioned, there ha- there was a third car that arrived to the scene that was registered to Raquel. And so Raquel gets pulled in for questioning and she says, it was me. It was me. I was the third car. Which, if this was true, it blows a whole case wide open 
open because suddenly none of the things that we know are true anymore. And meanwhile, Mia is on the outside watching this. So when she sees Raquel confess, she runs in and she's like, no, it was me. And that's when we're like, what? So then we see the events of that night, but from Mia's perspective. So the night that Damian and Carolina were going to run away, Damian arrives home and he says goodbye to Raquel. And he says goodbye. And we knew because, as we mentioned in the last episode, Raquel went through an episode, a, a disassociative episode that night and that's why she doesn't remember what she did and so we knew that whatever Damian did had to be enough to trigger her so Damian goes to her and says goodbye and he says goodbye in a really dramatic way that Raquel is like I feel like you just said goodbye to me forever and the twins are just watching this with the evilest of faces I know they both I feel like the the fact that they both have like thick hair and, and thick, thick dark eyebrows. hair it was their thick eyebrows and their thick eyelashes that were casting shadows over their faces and it was like <gasps> and so the twins also know that damian is cheating on raquel with carolina federico followed damian once found out led to this whole thing and he told mia and so they decide that they're gonna follow damian that night so they take the car the new car that raquel just bought them which is under raquel's name and so they follow carolina and damian but while they're on the road to valle bravo there's an erratic car that cuts them off and so when the car cuts them off they lose sight of damian so that delays their arrival so once they're by the point where they're passing where the accident happened all they see is an accident they don't put two and two together that it's actually Damian and Carolina's car. I think Fed is the one that's like, oh, should we get down? And Mia's like, no, 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 just keep driving. And so they keep driving, but they pause. So Mia's like, we were the third car. And the inspector, the police officer is like, well, then why would Raquel lie? And she said it was to protect me because she knows we were in the car. And it's true. So basically, people are trying to protect each other. And so with this piece of information, they're able to settle the final story. And the final story is that night, it was a robo gone wrong. Damian and Carolina were trying to run away when a rock deviated their course and caused an accident where Vicente then got involved, let to a scuffle between both of them and Damian trying to defend Carolina accidentally shot her instead of Vicente and that's the final story y'all like and we were given this like excruciatingly like second by second and let's just think about all the characters that were involved first Azucena had to put the money in the car then Andres had to steal it. Then the robbers from the Pueblo had to like try to rob them. Then Vicente had to get involved and get into a skerfuffle. I don't know, like a whole thing with his sister. And then Mia and Fede had to come. It, it was just, it was so many things. It was so many things. A lot of characters were involved. A lot of family characters were involved. Except Santiago and his children. But Vicente. But that doesn't count, though. That's, that's her from, brother. That's Carolina, though. Not like, oh, true. Not like from the core eight. Yeah, not from the core eight of the cast. So our babies, Santiago, which, by the way, I did not trust Santiago because we're we're shown. Remember in the first episode when we said that there was a shady dealing where Santiago was playing a man a large sum of money and looked like he was doing shady stuff we find out that he was a he was a private investigator that santiago hired to follow carolina 
because he thought that she was cheating on him. The investigator found something, had an envelope with the pictures, asked Santiago to meet up the night of the accident, the day of the accident, and Santiago paid him, so that's what we saw. And so the question now was, did Santiago know about the affair? And we find out he didn't. He didn't have the guts to open the envelope. I knew that. Our baby, I know. That's what Kim kept saying, and I didn't believe her. But it's true, Santiago was perfect. Just a little machista, but you know, we all have our faults. Mm -hmm. And so that gets laid to rest. And so we start seeing the resolution of all the characters. We see the reporter, Laura, crafting her final story where she she sums up the events of the accident. And her final line is like, Y todo por caer en tentación. Yeah, that was pretty, that was It good. was good. It was very fulfilling. And yeah, it makes sense that Laura was the one that got the line because she was like obsessed with this story. So Laura is able to use the story, write her final report. Godoy and Cynthia end up together. We see Cynthia smiling with her teeth. They're happy. They move in together. Cynthia decorates the place to make it look lively and homey. It's so cute. They're so cute together. They are. <laughs> like, they are. I thought you would want to talk because you love Cynthia. No, I mean, I fucking adore Cynthia. And like, yeah, this is the first time, like, she, the whole time she looked like a scared little mouse. And it was so sad. You changed the animal. I know. She was a doe. A mousy doe. But she was just always so scared, and now she's, like, shining. I do think Koloi is still insensitive and doesn't deserve her, but we're happy because Cynthia's happy. Because Cynthia's happy, and I will say I, I'm a fan of Opposites Attract, and Cynthia is full of sensitivities and full of heart, so I feel that with time, she will soften his heart. And I feel, I think we see it a little bit, like, the fact that he let her decorate his apartment and make it their apartment. Yeah, I guess. I don't Whatever. know. All right. So then, so then Greda gets, he gets found by the police when he's trying to escape. So he gets probably put in jail, it's implied. Can I say something about Greda? Mm -hmm. So... Rueda's whole thing was, and I liked his ending, because Rueda's whole thing was putting his work before his family, aka his son, who we didn't get to speak a whole lot about, but was dealing with a lot of issues and actually commits suicide. And so he's running away from the police and he's almost getting away. But the thing that stops him is Godoy saying like, if you could help us, we could save this boy. He He's your son's age and he's talking about fede mm -hmm. so yeah so it's it's reda's reda's little piece of information which is alina has it that's able that's the reason why santiago and the police are able to get there and save fede so yeah so he redeems himself a little bit and i saw some of the redeeming qualities in him a little bit so alina as we mentioned she is in jail poor girl also Hopefully, by the time this episode is released, I will have a very special little snippet, little recording to play for you all. I contacted Alina's actress, Erika de la Rosa, who is super sweet in real life. And she's sending us an audio clip. Ah, follow her on Instagram. She's so nice and she's so cool. But yeah, so hopefully I'll play that here. Hola, Dulce. Saludo, te saludo a ti y a toda tu audiencia a todos los que eh, te escuchan en, en, tu, en tu programa. Qué emoción que estén ahora hablando de Caer en Tentación y lo que fue ese proyecto. Um, thank you so much for paying that much of attention to every detail of this story. 
lo hicimos con mucho esfuerzo y con mucho cariño y, y yo en particular disfruté muchísimo hacer a, a Lina en, en esta historia y espero que ustedes también la estén disfrutando. Les mando muchos besos y abrazos y gracias por, por el apoyo y por, eh, por seguir viendo este proyecto que hicimos con mucho cariño. Oh my goodness, I am so, so, so thankful to Erika de la Rosa for sending us this voice message and this little saludito. Shout out to her, shout out to her character, Alina. We loved to hate her and loved loved her in general. And just, wow, I'm so, I'm so speechless, honestly. I just, oh, this means so much to me. And I hope you all enjoyed hearing from Alina. Like, y'all, obsessed. Uh, but yes, now back to recapping Caer en Tentación finale. Alina is in jail. Miriam is, again, another way I'm right. So, <laughs> so obviously, when all the shady stuff with Andres got discovered, Miriam is also implicated in this whole thing. And so we see a few weeks later, we have a, a small little time jump. And a few weeks later, we see police show up to Miriam's door and they're like, Señora, the, the judge refused your request to be placed under house arrest and you're going to have to come with us. And she's like, okay, can I grab my stuff? And they're like, yeah, sure. Why no one went with her? Privilege of white people and white rich people. So we mentioned, I mentioned this. <laughs> I, um, I think we all mentioned it. I think we can all sing. Do y'all know that video of Victoria Justice? It's a meme. If you know, you know. But basically, Miriam goes up to her room, has a picture of... Is it of her and Damian? It's just of Damian. So it's a picture of Damian. And we just see her holding on to it. And then we see the police finally realize that she's taking forever. So then they barge in, are looking for her, can't find her, go to her room where we see that she has a content warning for suicide. She has cut her wrist with the frame with glass from the picture frame of Damian and she is now dead which that in and of itself is such a statement to cut herself with the frame of her son also cut herself like Mia did there's there's a lot of things that we can take from that little thing but one thing we knew was Miriam was never going to step foot in a jail and this muerta which is what she did then we also see the kids and Lola and Bebo move in together, they move into this beautiful home that Santiago and Nacho built together for their kids. And it's so cute, it's so adorable. Mia and Nico don't end up together because they're both working on themselves, which makes sense because they're both very damaged people in different ways. So I like that they didn't end up together and they're both working on each other. And then our boy Fede. <laughs> okay. Let me... Okay, so as we know, Fede has been going through this whole thing with his sexuality. And there's been a lot of confusion around it because it's like... I mean, I was I was thinking bisexual, right? And that's even something that's mentioned because we know that in the past he's been with men and with women. And then... But I also added the telenovela. Last we talked about his sexuality, it was leaning to he was straight. 
Exactly. And we saw him get together with one of the girls that was working in the factory. We find out she has a kid. We see a scene of him playing with her kid. We see a scene of them in bed together after sex and him just being like, I just want to stay right here. So yeah, we're getting the, this whole sense that like Fede, you know, even, even when the novella was pointing to straight, I was still thinking bisexual. We're basically getting all these things that like Fede is becoming not only a man, but a certain type of man. And that he's, he's going towards legit like forming a family with this young girl and taking over the business. So he has this conversation with his mom, which I just love their conversations. I don't know. It makes me feel like I'm loved. <laughs> But he has this conversation with his mom and he's like, I'm moving out. You you deserve happiness, by the way. So be with Santiago. Also, I'm moving out because I need to have a normal life and I'm moving in with Luz. And then Raquel goes into this whole beautiful speech about how all I want is for you to be happy. I'm glad you're going for your happiness, but make sure that that's what you're doing. Make sure that you're being true to yourself because this is your life at the end of the day. It, you're not, you can't live your life for anyone else. It's this really beautiful speech. And the whole time Fede is like, he goes from tearing up to sobbing. And it's just... Doesn't say a word. Doesn't say a word. And the scene just ends there. Like with, after Raquel's speech, like nothing said, but just like this mutual, like love and appreciation and gratefulness for Raquel stepping out and saying all these things. Then we get Fede going into Mia's room and he apologizes. Well, he barges in, right? He barges into Mia's room and, and he apologizes. He's like, it's the last time I'll do this. Because I'm moving in with... Iker. Iker! <laughs> that switch! Oh my god, we legit squealed. Like, we... Ah! Y'all. That switch. That, that was, was the real switch. I, I loved how that... I loved the... I loved the writing. How it was done. The whole scene where he didn't say a word to Raquel because he didn't have to say anything. It was about what he needed to hear. And from his mother, it was just so beautiful. And so... And then going to Mia and actually vocalizing those words to Mia, who's been the one person who has been on his ass and being like it is gay and like being on him and being horrible to him mm -hmm. and him being able to tell her this and not be ashamed exactly and i just love that like so when i like jokingly after that scene i love how Fede was like okay this is my sexuality and then that racket was like actually baby boy <laughs> But it w obviously it wasn't like that. It was just that like even with Fede fighting what he really wanted, his mom just being able to see beyond that and seeing her son for who he is. And then after Raquel gives this beautiful speech to Fede, Fede kind of gives like, leftovers of that speech to, to Mia. Mia. Who needs it, that girl? Who needs it? And it's basically like we've been through so much shit and something that we start to really understand about Mia is that in a way like her being controlling her being manipulative that's her expressing love because she's most controlling and most manipulative and hardest on the people she loves the most because she wants the best for them and she truly believes like 
I know what's better for you than you do. And so I'm going to make it so that you do what's best for you. And her therapist, we hear her therapist telling her, you you need to stop obsessing over your family and you need to start thinking about you. And that's exactly what Feather reminds her. We've been through such a tragedy. We've been so focused on what our family has been going through and repairing our family. We've been forgetting about ourselves. And he basically tells Mia exactly what his mom told him, which is the most important thing to me is that you're happy. Be happy for you. Live life for you. And then Mia goes to Raquel's room. And then she turns to Raquel and is like, I know you like Fede more than me. And we're, we were like, what the fuck, Mia? And then Raquel's like looking at her and she's like, it was a joke. <laughs> Which makes sense because Mia, Mia does not know how to do humor. And like her little attempt at a joke, I found very endearing to a character that is so hard to love. But you know what? Those are the characters that need the most love. So... She goes to Raquel and basically gives her her blessing and is like, I want you to be happy. And Santiago is what makes you happy. And in Santiago's world, his kids are also doing the same thing and saying, we want you to be happy. And we know that it's with Raquel. So they give him two tickets and it's Kim. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's just, it's, we're getting, we're getting and it hurts again. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) so they give him two tickets so that he and Raquel can go away together and they do and then we flash to this beautiful beautiful ocean these waves this beach there's a bed by the ocean which only happens in telenovelas Santiago and Raquel are living out their life she's wearing this beautiful coral colored dress her hair is in a braid And Santiago is professing his love to her. And at one point, yes, Kim? Can I talk about the speeches that they make? Sure. Okay, so not only is Santiago professing his love, but they make these beautiful speeches to each other. And Santiago's is my favorite. So um, let me talk about that first. So because you know that my favorite trope is friends to lovers, and that's basically what he talks about, how in their friendship, she taught him how to laugh, She taught him how to be silly. She taught him how to love. She taught him how to communicate and understand. And he tells her, like, it's so amazing that now I get to do those, I get to do those things with you. I just love that. And then Raquel, it it almost feels like they're saying their wedding vows. Mm -hmm. Raquel just is so grateful that she's able to find happiness again, that she's able to trust again and tell Santiago, you gave me the gift of a second life. And then Santiago gets on one knee and he reaches for his pocket. But guess what? He's like, oh my God, I'm gonna have to run and go get it. I forgot the ring. And Raquel looks at him and she just bursts out laughing in a beautiful Raquel laugh. As she's laughing, Santiago's like, wait for me, wait for me here, please. And he runs back and he goes to get the ring. And so now we just have Raquel. And while we had this beautiful montage of them at the ocean together, we could hear snippets of the night of the accident, which were really weird. It was weird because one of them was when the montage was showing them having sex and we were like taken aback. We were like, what the hell is happening? I know. We were like, "Are they, what? Right. And then once Raquel is alone, the wave, she's looking out into the ocean. She's seeing the waves. A beautiful instrumental song is playing in the background. And she has this smile on her face, but you can see the smile has gone from her eyes. And it's almost like 
confusion. She's fighting something. And then you see this twitch in her smile. And what she's fighting is memories that are returning to her. And these are memories of the night of the accident because, dear listener, it turns out that the third vehicle was not Mia and Fede. The third vehicle was Raquel. And so we flash forward to the night of the accident. We see Damian on the floor and we see a foot and it's Raquel. And he says, you need to help her. Please save her. And so Raquel grabs a gun goes to where Carolina and Vicente are struggling and she's crying. She's like, you can tell she's not herself. She's like holding back tears. She's confused. And then we hear the gunshot. And when she shoots is when Carolina is in front of Vicente. Carolina looks at her and Carolina falls on the floor dead. And when this happens, Damian turns. He screams. He runs towards Carolina and Raquel takes the gun from Raquel and says, you need to get out of here. You need to leave. And so he forces Raquel to leave. He grabs the gun, cleans it, touches it himself so it will have his fingerprints and cries over Carolina's dead body. And the whole time, the whole time. So when right before we start to get these memories, when her, I still have chills just by the image of that twitch in her smile because you could see that was the first crack and you just hear in her head basically her psychiatrist diagnosis of she has an anxiety disorder that puts her in dissociative states and when she's in the states she can't remember and then her own voice talking about how the women in her family struggle from mental health issues from her sister to her daughter to, to even Jovita. to hope and even her mother who passed away in a psych ward And then when we start to get the memories flushing back in because we're getting like scenes of this coming in, we see her walking down the beach. And we even go back, as we start to realize what really happened, it even shows Damien in the current, in the present. And we see him now fully being able to walk, dressed fully in black, standing at Carolina's graveyard or over her grave and when we get when we get to the point when it's flashing back of like her picking up the gun Raquel in the present time has reached this boulder that's like in the low tide of the ocean and she sits on it and as the memories come in waves start to hit her almost like waves of memory the actual waves start to you, hit her we see what you did there we writers s- we see what you did there and then we see Damian in the present probably also reliving the memory, take a gun, put it to his head, and pull the trigger over Carolina's grave. And then when Raquel finally comes to the full realization that she was the one, she was the one who killed Carolina, she's the one who took this mother away from her family, she's the one who shot the love of her life's wife. Her best friend. Her best friend. She completely breaks down, starts sobbing, and then a final giant wave consumes her, knocks her down, and we get this image of her in the waters, in the waves, screaming, freeze frame, fiend. What the fuck? Y'all, first of all, the visuals, immaculate. The way these waves were knocking Raquel down. I at first was like, is she dead? Like, is she drowning? But then we, we found a video of the writers saying, no, she's not dead. Uh, Santiago did find her. But that's almost even worse. Because how do you move on from that? And this is what I like to think happens. Because 
I was like, no, they can't do this to us. They can't put us through almost a hundred episodes. Well, originally over a hundred episodes of falling in love with this character, of truly, truly, truly admiring this character, of seeing all the pain that they had to go through, of rooting for them, for, for them to finally make us feel like Finally, she's getting some sort of happiness only for them to pull the rug right out of us and just end it there. I was like, fuck no. That's why I was screaming no, because I was like, hell to the fuck no. Y'all are not going to do this to me. Y'all are not going to do this to Raquel. I was livid. I am still numb. And Dulce, I don't actually, I don't think I've seen that video. I, I was, I went home and instantly I started watching videos of myself. But that video that you're talking about, I didn't see that one. I saw one about the writers talking about how they purposely wanted the waves to be like mm. waves of memory. I think it might have been an article then. Mm. But yeah, I, I read an article or something where it was like, no, like she's not dead. And to me, what I hope happens is Santiago finds her. Something that Raquel is, is courageous, so I know right away she'll tell him. And Santiago will be hurt, but in almost an instant, he'll be, like, really understanding of, like, you didn't mean to kill her. You weren't even fully present. And even in your state of not being fully present, of not being aware, you still never meant to kill her. This person who caused great harm to you, it was an accident. One thing I, I do, I do not think that it was intentional. I think she was generally trying to help Carolina, but the way the scuffle happened between her and Vicente, like one, like a regular person would have had trouble, but now Raquel is in this psychological state where she can't really control what she's doing. And so she just sees someone in trouble, shoots, and that's also like everything happened so fast. So when Vicente fell, he almost pushed Carolina in front. And when she shot the gun, it was when Carolina kind of broke free. So I don't think it was Raquel's fault. It definitely wasn't. And I and I honestly think that Santiago would, he'd be hurt, he'd be shocked, he'd be confused. But I think he would also know this and realize this. And something that we see with Santi, I love him, is so he has like this this mentor, basically. Nacho's basically a really important mentor in his life. And Nacho is someone who always like advocates for investing um nurturing and building romantic relationships because his relationship with his wife was everything to him and so when santiago and raquel start to go through like their tensions with you know first santiago's in jail like did he do it then all this thing all this stuff with alina and now damian's like awake and back through all of this, Nacho keeps telling Santiago, like, Raquel is an incredible, amazing woman. And what you have, it's worth fighting for. She's worth fighting for. And in the last episode, there's this really beautiful scene, like, after everything has settled, of course, they both try to call each other at the exact same time, which is such a, like, movie thing. And so because they're calling each other at the same time, the call doesn't go through. And we just see Raquel just kind of upset and lay down and kind of like be like, okay, he didn't answer. But Santiago, he's also upset and he's a little down, but he's like, no, I'm going to call her again. And he calls her and this time it goes through. 
and they're talking and telling each other how much they love each other. And so because of this thing of Nacho really pushing Santiago to be a man, fight for what you want, fight for love, it's the most important thing, I really believe that it would be hard, but Santiago would get through it. And I feel like, in my mind, Santiago probably wouldn't even want his own kids to know. But I think Raquel would, she's just the kind of person who like, she's going to have to tell the truth or else it's going to eat her. I, I just don't see it going well if she tells the kids. I think it's going to be one of those things where they both know and they're just going to have to agree that that's what's best for them and that's what's best for their families. Because think of all the logistics. They already have to deal with the fact that Benha ben has not really Santiago's child. They have to deal with the fact that Carolina is dead. They have to deal with the fact that Damian killed himself. Like, there's already all this trauma that their kids have gone through. Why add one more thing to the mix when that case has already been resolved? Mm. So I think it's going to be one of those things where they just know. I do think that Raquel would tell Santiago. And I think that it's the only way that their relationship would be able to move forward because Raquel's guilt would definitely eat her alive and would not let her be happy with Santiago if she doesn't say anything. And the crazy thing is, is now they would be the ones hiding something from their families mm -hmm. to not hurt them. But listen, that's a telenovela. So obviously I'm hurt. Obviously <laughs> I'm exhausted. And when I think about it, like cinematically, it's amazing. Cinematically, yes, absolutely. Go that route. Make us fucking sob, right? Because again, I think I mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned this in this episode or in the last, last episode. Like I mentioned in the last episode, great art elicits strong emotions from people. And this... Is this emotion, it's still ringing through my body. Like, when we were recounting it, I literally, like, I couldn't. It hurt. It it still hurts. It was beautiful. And we went on this rabbit hole of trying to find answers. We found an article that said that the, they filmed four possible killers because they were trying to, they were trying to hide it from the cast and... They knew that if one of the cast members knew who the real killer was, it was going to get leaked. But possible people was Mia, was Fede, was Raquel, and was Andres. So, again, I feel like I was always on the right track. Uh, we also found the original... We found clips of the original telenovela. So, Caer en Tentación is based on an Argentinian telenovela called Amar Después de Amar. I think I mentioned it in the first episode. But I started looking at clips. Oh, that novella also looks really, really good. Like really, really, really good. And just beautiful. The writing, the quotes that, that I got from there, just oh, so beautiful, so tragic. And in that version, the Damian character, he's not named Damian in that telenovela, but he accidentally kills Carolina. And it's an accident because he's trying to shoot the person that's hurting Carolina, but ends up killing her. And so he ends up killing himself too, and they bury him next to Carolina so that they can be together. And so I think that's why the telenovela also hones so much on Damian and like making us believe that he was a killer because that's what happened in the original. And so they were trying to trick the audience. I understand the tragedy of the of it having to be Raquel. And as I mentioned earlier about 
I think last episode about this being a family tragedy. That's something that I got from one of the writers. He's the one that was like, this was always going to be a tragedy between families. So it was never going to be a killer from the outside. It was always going to be within the family because this story is about tragedy. And uh, it's so beautifully done. It's so wonderful. Yes. If like, you want to hurt, watch if this. You, if you want to hurt, I mean, I think no matter what, like, people should watch this. Like, it's just something that is so good. It's something, it's, like, so good, you wish you could forget it so you can watch it all over again. I know. I wish I could watch it again. I wish I could watch it slower. Same. Especially the last few episodes. But also, like, knowing me, I can't because we literally could have and we binged. Yeah. But also, really quick, let's just mention Univision Now. (laughs) what the fuck because they decided that they were gonna take her from like what 105 112 holy (laughs) that they were gonna cut it down from 112 episodes to 93 they decided to cut from the last episodes was it Univision now or was it a distribution thing it might have been a distribution thing you're right (laughs) but still if you're gonna cut a whole telenovela down from 112 episodes to 93 why would you cut from the last episodes cut from the first ones and the thing is they may have cut from the first ones but it was so noticeable towards the end we were missing entire conversations entire plot lines we didn't see nacho in the finale at all that's so true and i'm like how are you not gonna not gonna include nacho in the finale he was a major character and a whole ass accused for the murder. Also, there was this really weird pointless plot between Mia and Damien's nurse where like they introduced they introduced him. And they we said know. his name. And we know that someone being that attractive, they're gonna be a love interest. Exactly. So like instantly we were like, okay, so he's gonna have a thing. Like him and Mia are gonna have a thing. And so it's like kind of there throughout. And then in the final episode, there's this scene where he basically confesses his love. And she's like, no. Well, no. She's like, forget about me. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> I'm not good for anyone. Forget it. But it, I was like, that's such a pointless. I feel like if Mia instead was like, no, I really need to work on myself, then it would make sense. Which is what she did with, with Nico. Right. But, so I just feel like there was no need for this Nurse Mia timeline, or not timeline, plot. Yeah, I didn't agree with it either. But overall, though, even with the cut it, even with the cutting and pasting they did, even with the missing parts, this telenovela is truly one for the ages. I will rewatch it once I'm more emotionally ready to do so. I do want to watch the original, too. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to end this episode except just thank you, Kim, for going through this emotional turmoil with me. Shout out to Aranza and Kevin, too. We couldn't see the finale together, but hopefully they 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 see it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for putting me through this. Thank you for uh, having me feel this pain. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real, like more than anything, I miss Raquel because I miss Sil- Silvia Navarro, and I would have never like even known about her if it wasn't for this novela. And obviously, like I'm just this is this is just this is one like you said. For the ages, and this is an important telenovela in my life. So, 
Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Kim. We are going to be watching a new telenovela. It might be a Silvia Navarro one. We might still be on her train. Sounds like we are. <laughs> anyway, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I will see you again next week for a very special episode featuring Ana Lorena Sanchez from Tierra de Reyes. So I hope you enjoy that. I hope you enjoy our next telenovela we're going to cover. I'm super excited for it. And thank you all so much for listening. And I will see you again next week. Bye. <laughs>